the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas is my guest. Good morning, Senator. Thank you for joining me. Good morning, Hugh. It's good to be on with you as always. I've got a lot of things to cover. I'm going to begin perhaps counterintuitively with your service on the Senate Judiciary Committee. I played part of your questioning of the nominee Jennifer Sung to the Ninth Circuit. I would not vote to confirm anyone who signed such a letter. Will you? No, of course not, Hugh. Jennifer Sung is a far-left lawyer who signed a letter the day after Brett Kavanaugh was nominated. I think she called him intellectually and morally bankrupt and predicted that people will die if he's confirmed. Um, look, I, I understand disagreeing with Brett Kavanaugh's rulings when he was a judge and now justice. I've disagreed with them here and there as well. Um, I've disagreed with pretty much every justice's rulings here and there. Some a lot more than others, obviously. But I'm not aware why you'd call him morally bankrupt. And okay. Ms. Sung obviously couldn't predict the person or couldn't point to the person who has died in the last three years since we confirmed Brett Kavanaugh to the court. I got to say to you, though, that's just the tip of the iceberg. The Biden administration has nominated dozens, maybe hundreds of people whose Twitter feed show them to be totally unhinged. I mean, they really went off the deep end in the Trump era. Some people that I genuinely respected from the Obama era, maybe I didn't agree with them all the time, but I thought, especially in the world of national security, they were responsible, sensible, sober-minded professionals, even if we had our disagreements here and there about, say, um, how to confront ISIS um, or uh, what our policy in Iraq was. And then you look at these guys' Twitter speeds when they come back in front of us to be confirmed this time around, and, and they sound like crazy people ranting in the streets. Um, I mean, it's just a – Jennifer Song is just a tip of the iceberg, Hugh, for this administration. Well, judicial temperament is a real deal. And the idea that someone would sign a letter with that kind of language in it, th- there has to be an example made so that people stop sending letters like that, which are unhinged. So my question is, do you think you have one Democrat join you? Because you'll need one to stop it, won't you? We will need one. And that has not been the case on many of these nominations, Hugh. You know, we were able to stop the uh, radical gun grabber who Joe Biden nominated had the ATF because the Democrats couldn't get the votes. But I think that's the only one the Democrats haven't just rolled over on. So, you know, sometimes they talk a big game about being moderates or uh, being independent voices. But so far in this Senate in, in this year, the Senate has been a rubber stamp for all of these radical nominees. All right. Now, the, I want to go to General Milley. Uh, we played your comments. Senator, former Senator Talent thought they were very judicious. And my position is wait and see. Will you, as a matter of course, on the Senate Intel Committee, be able to read a transcript or hear a recording of the two calls referenced by Woodward and Costa? Uh, well, Hugh, I don't, know, I don't know about the Intelligence Committee. The Armed Services Committee, I suspect, will be pursuing those. You know, we have Secretary Austin and General Milley coming to testify in just a few days. These are serious reports. General Milley needs to address them. We'll be sure he does address them. 
At the same time, um, I don't take on face value everything that Bob Woodward writes. And we can go back through what he's written over his last two books about Donald Trump and a lot of Donald Trump's senior advisors, many of which I know to be inaccurate. Uh, so I think General Milley needs to address these reports. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think we should take as gospel something just because it appears in Bob Woodward's book. Now, General uh, Admiral Stavridi said he knows the general has a huge respect for his combat record, his bravery, his intellect, his uh, his hockey playing at Princeton, et cetera. And I know all that, too, so I am holding judgment. But I had a caller ask this very good question, which hadn't occurred to me. If he spoke disparagingly about the commander-in-chief, would that be cause for removal? Uh, well, Hugh, I mean, the, the president of the United States can remove his senior military advisors for any reason or no reason at all. I think that caller-specific question is a uh, question on the Uniform Code of Military Justice. I don't want to pra- play what we call barracks lawyer uh, in the Army on the phone with you right now. Um, but obviously, no military officer should be speaking in public or in private in disparaging tones about the commander in chief, whether it's Donald Trump or whether it's Joe Biden. Especially if you're talking to the counterpart in Chinese communists. <laughs> Let me. That would be doubly true. <laughs> now, now, I want to ask you about Afghanistan and Secretary Blinken. Uh, yesterday, Boris Johnson sacked Dominic Robb. Uh, doing what ought to have been done by every government involved in this fiasco, taking the political accountability to the highest level, and there may be more coming. Should Tony Blinken be fired? Hugh, the problem with our Afghanistan debacle is the one person who uh, is most responsible and should be fired is the man at the top, Joe Biden. Uh, But Tony Blinken did perform terribly, not just over the last month, but over the last six months. Um, I I can tell you, without getting into the details, that the CIA uh, was superb in its efforts, not just to save its own people and the Afghans with whom it had worked, but it helped save all those Americans who Tony Blinken's State Department um, had um, let down, if not totally abandoned. The military, at the last minute, when it was impressed with 6,000 new troops and a job that it never should have had to do, did that job extraordinarily well imposing some order on the chaos in the final days of Kabul as they raced to get Americans out of theater. But it was Tony Blinken's State Department that was the lead proponent once we declared that we were leaving to make sure that we left in an orderly fashion, that our embassy was able to process everyone who was eligible and vetted for a special immigrant visa, that they were able to leave the country in an orderly fashion. And and they did none of that. They didn't surge manpower into the country until the very final days. They didn't declare a non-combatant evacuation operation until Kabul was wide open just a couple of days before it fell, they were consistently behind the curve. And the hundreds, really the thousands of Americans, when you include um, not just citizens and green card holders, but their families, and maybe tens of thousands when you include the special immigrant visa holders that are still in Afghanistan today are there because of Tony Blinken and the State Department's failures. Now, now Senator, you bring up something that just frustrates me. And I, I greatly admire, as you know, Governor Romney, Senator Portman, They engaged on the number of LPRs, and Blinken gave the same answer. The secretary said thousands. That could be from 2,000 to 999,000. Do you have any idea how many LPRs, uh, green card holders, we left behind? I don't have much better idea than what you saw yesterday because the Biden administration at this moment still refuses to release that. I sent a letter with 26 other Republicans to Blinken a couple weeks ago demanding that they break down in very precise categories, um, how many citizens are present, how many 
legal permanent residents are present? How many special immigrant visa holders are present? How many of those people had a special immigrant visa before August 15th? So we're not just including random people that the State Department slapped their name on a visa to try to make it look like they were getting more out. Uh, we still haven't held, heard back uh, from the State Department about that. The State Department will not be getting any nominations uh, can, uh, approved on fast track until we hear that. But the reason, as you suggested on your show many times to you, is that the Biden administration doesn't want to be held responsible to a baseline number. If they came out and said down to the, the exact number or within, you know, 25 or 50, they would be held responsible for that. If they just give this wide range of hundreds or thousands, then they can continue to say that we got almost everyone out or got out whoever wants to get out. Well, that, that's why the question that ought to be asked by every senator is give us the minimum number of known citizens, those with whom you've had contact. You must I'm not not holding it to it. There might be more. But what's the minimum number of people from whom you've got emails or phone calls that you are known there in every category? Why doesn't any of your colleague take like evidence 101 or or cross-examination 101? Well, Hugh, I think you saw yesterday in the last two days, really, with uh, Blinken in front of House and the Senate, that even if they had asked that specific question, I don't think Blinken would have answered it. Uh, the last thing this administration wants is accountability for the fiasco in Afghanistan, the, a specific number against which they can be held accountable. They just want the whole thing to disappear. They want to act like it was an extraordinary success, as Joe Biden said uh, bafflingly, and they want to move on to their reckless and partisan tax and spending bill. Um, so even if you had had, you know, Perry Mason up there yesterday, I think, uh, Tony Blinken would have filibuster and a few answer, you know, um, that's why we have checks and balances here though. And that's why the state department is not getting any nominees confirmed anytime we- soon until they start producing these answers. Will you be able to ask secretary Austin and general Milley, the minimum number that they are aware of or were aware of at such time as they left Afghanistan? Because I just don't think we have a scale to this problem yet. We don't know how big the disaster is. We can't ask them that. Um, and they may have uh, some figure cue, but you got to remember there that they and the intelligence agencies are in support of the State Department when it comes to a noncombatant evacuation. It's the State Department who has that data. Um, it may not be fully shared. And even if the military or the CIA can say, here's the number of minimum contacts we know, that could still just be the tip of the iceberg because it may be just the people with whom they've worked, whether it's interpreters for the military or some of our partners in counterterrorism operations in Afghanistan uh, for the intelligence world. There may be a whole world of people out there that they have no idea about. The State Department sits at the center of immigrant visa processing. They're the ones that should have all the information. Very last question. Are you aware of any American special operators retired still operating in Afghanistan attempting to get people out? Do we still have our heroic veterans running what ought to have been the State Department's mission? I don't want to comment on where certain Americans may be working this problem from you. I will say that uh, my office has been in contact over the last six weeks with a lot of um, amazing and heroic Americans, veterans of our special operations community, veterans of our intelligence world, um, who are still working tirelessly to help all those people who are left behind in Afghanistan, who are Americans or green card holders or who helped us through thick and thin and who they're not willing to surrender to the mercies of the Taliban the way Joe Biden has. Senator Cotton, you're doing a great job. Thank you. Please keep coming back. And uh, I hope you get Secretary Blinken in front of you sometime. It just seems to me you know how to ask questions. And I appreciate your questioning of uh, nominee Sung.
Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. The Biden administration, in its handling of the Afghanistan withdrawal, has made a mockery of any claim to be pro-woman. They embarrassed themselves by their unserious critique of the new Taliban-led government for its failure to include women. No doubt Afghan women wish their biggest worry was being denied the chance to serve in government. The Taliban has already set one woman on fire for bad cooking. They beat another to death for refusing to cook for them. And the last time the Taliban held power, women were denied basic rights, including leaving home without a male chaperone, education, and work. Women were beaten for attempting to study, whipped for showing even an inch of skin under their full-body burqas, and stoned to death for adultery. The Biden administration's virtue signaling about female representation in a Taliban government fools no one. They've abandoned the women of Afghanistan as completely as they did the Americans who remain trapped there. Shame on them. I'm Carol Platt-Lebow. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program for leaders. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.